Welcome to the Top 5, where each week I discuss my top 5 takeaways from the NASCAR race. This week, Kansas Speedway. Hello and welcome to the Top 5. I am your host, Connor, and I appreciate you tuning in. Before we get into my top five this week, please take a moment to support the show by checking me out on patreon.com forward slash the top five. Also on facebook.com forward slash the top five. Leave a comment, share your thoughts, let me know if you agree or disagree with anything I have to say. So these are my top five takeaways from the race at Kansas Speedway. Number one. Number one is covering mostly pre-race. So, Jamie McMurray was in the booth, and I thought that he did an, an incredible job, but uh, not only did I think so, a bunch of drivers and fans also thought so. There was a ton of support for Jamie McMurray after the race uh, about how good he did, and I would love to see jamie mcmurray in the booth full-time i was taken aback by how small the crowd was kansas is a a good track it's a a fun track to watch a race at and it typically draws well so i don't know if it was concern for weather or because they have a fall race that has more significance to it being in the playoffs but it was definitely noticeably absent crowd size which is odd because NASCAR, both in ratings and crowd sizes, has seen a major increase this year. Uh, Christopher Bell was sitting on the pole, and it didn't take long into the race for things to get interesting. Lap 6, Chase Briscoe spun. Not long after that, A.J. McLeod had a spin. So did Suarez. It was basically a, a spin fest. Uh, nothing too crazy in, in stage one, other than those three spins restarts are outrageous at Kansas. Most mile and a half restarts are something, but track position is so important. And these drivers really only have a good chance on the restarts to make up numerous spots. I mean, you can run a guy down, make up a few spots, but not like you can with a good restart. So cars fanning out, going three, even four wide into turn one was exciting to see. Kyle Busch won stage one. That was whatever, Kyle Busch. Uh, And then William Byron took the lead on the restart, had a tire go down while spinning. Now, not only are you going to see this as a theme, there's actually going to be an entire an entire uh, section of this podcast dedicated to that. Stage two, and I think as I've been a big proponent of stage racing, uh, one thing that I will say against stage racing, stage two is boring in almost every single race. Cars sort of ride it out. They know... They can make up ground in stage one. They sort of ride out stage two. And then stage three is where things get going. So nothing really crazy happened in stage two. Except for uh, Eric Jones in the 43 car had a lug nut stuck on. That was pretty funny to see 
the pit crew with what looked like a jackhammer trying to to get that lug off. I felt bad for him. I mean, to lose a race or to go a few laps down is, is you know, it happens. Uh, have a bad pit stop, it happens. This is nothing that the pit crew or uh, driver could have done anything about. Just bad luck happens sometimes. Kurt Busch won stage two. It was a, a Bush Brothers uh, early part to the race. And that's when we get into the next segment. Number two. Stage three began and Kyle Larson looked like his car had rocket fuel in it. He was just gone. Uh, lap 86, though, he tried a slide job on Kurt Busch and almost spun. And it might have been the greatest slide job or the greatest save I'd ever seen. It uh, it speaks to the talent that is Kyle Larson. And I think all of the dirt racing and modifieds and all the different type of cars that he drives really shows off when he can pull off something like that. There There might be three drivers in the field that could have saved that car. Thankfully, he was behind one. Also, props to Kurt Busch. He saw it. He slowed down. He was right on Larson. They were racing each other hard. And uh, that could have been the end of his day. That ended up paying huge dividends later. And then lap 71, Chase Elliott lost a wheel and spun. Honestly, his car almost flipped when he contacted the apron coming off the banking. That was scary. Um, coming to 10 to go, there was just great racing with Kurt Busch and, and Kyle Larson. It was fun to watch. Seven to go, Larson, Larson brushed the wall. Kurt took the lead and raced off to get his win. Which, congrats, great for Kyle Busch. I'm sorry, Kurt Busch. But it just blows my mind how Kurt Busch can have just a dismal season. And I don't mean this year. I mean, it seems like every year Kurt Busch is not even thought of and then just shows up, wins a race, locks himself into the playoffs. It's been 27 races since his last win, which isn't massive. But every year, he, Kurt Busch, has won a race with five different race teams in four different manufacturers. Now, a lot of that being on five different race teams is his own fault. Had he made, I don't know if I'd say better, but different choices in the earlier parts of his career. Perhaps he would have stayed with Hendrick or Penske or... Who knows? But it's still an impressive stat nonetheless. It was a big win for uh, for 23XI. It was their second win for as a team. You could see how excited Denny, Denny Hamlin was. And that was cool to see. I saw a, a statement out by Micah Jordan, and he was excited. And if you think you heard me mispronounce it, I didn't. Micah Jordan is what Michael Jordan refers to himself. If you ever see Michael Jordan in an in a interview, he loves to talk third person, and he calls himself Micah Jordan. 
So I've started calling him Micah Jordan. And I don't mean that as a form of disrespect. I love Jordan. He, in my opinion, he's the GOAT, and it's not even close. And I'm stoked that he's part of NASCAR. I think that will open up doors to fans that would previously not have considered NASCAR. Uh, and then lastly, in uh, in this segment, I would like to point out that Bubba Wallace had a top 10 finish. That's going to chap some asses. I'm not sure why, and we'll get to that later. But let's move on to the next number. My third takeaway. Number three. For my third takeaway from the race, I want to talk exclusively about the next-gen car. There are many, many good things about this car. So far, I've been a big fan. I like it much better than the previous generation car. And we are far enough into the season where we've seen it on um, half miles, we've seen it on mile and a half, we've seen it on dirt, we've seen it on road, we've seen it on super speedways. This car has been through the ringer and it's far enough in that we can make some real judgment calls early in the season. I, I would take issue with certain things about the car, but I would say it's early. Let's give it time. Well, we've given it time. And the number one issue that is obvious and glaring, but it's also major. I mean, a major, major issue is the tires. I don't know if it's because they're lower profile and they can't handle the heat. Perhaps in all the testing they did, they never ran enough laps to build up enough heat. I don't know if it's because uh, they're further back on the on the race car. Uh, I don't know. I'm not an engineer, obviously. But I know it's an issue that is affecting races and it something has to be done. Daniel, Daniel Suarez, Kevin Harvick, William Byron, Chase Elliott, Martin Truex Jr., Kyle Larson, A.J. McLeod. Uh, who am I missing? They all, all of those names had spins. Single car, no contact with any other car. Coming off a of turn two or off a of turn four, back end just whips around because the left rear tire is going flat. That's a major problem and in that list of drivers you can't can't possibly say it's it's driver error if it was one or two drivers that it was happening to or if it was lesser drivers that it was happening to i i would say there's a an argument to be made that maybe guys are pushing their cars too hard but i literally just named the biggest stars and the best drivers in this sport and all of them are having issues and it's not limited to Kansas. This is an issue that's been happening throughout the year and it's been happening on different style tracks and different size tracks. Now it was greatly exaggerated or highlighted at Kansas because of the amount that it's happened, but it it's not, not something that can continue and Goodyear and NASCAR need to figure something out and fast. Because as we get into the playoffs and the intensity and the payoffs for races uh, greatly 
uh, are, are much, much, much higher, it's not going to be accepted by these drivers. And I'm sure that there's lots of talking about this from drivers in closed doors. But I think that they're going to get very, very vocal about this in the next coming months if NASCAR doesn't do something. Also, the single lug is useless. First of all, I don't see the purpose of it. I guess I understand the idea behind it, that it um, it provides more... Um, every team basically has the same opportunity to make a fast pit stop now as compared to the five lug teams could pay for for um wheelmen that knew how to get a tire that knew how to do uh five lugs really 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 quickly and teams that couldn't afford to pay for that couldn't but what happened to eric jones in the 43 team with the stuck lug is unacceptable and if i was eric jones in the 43 team i would be absolutely screaming mad at nascar i can't I, I can't believe it. I, I just have a, a hard time believing that NASCAR can continue with the single lug and claim that it's it's an advantage. Also, why is the Cup Series the only single lug uh, national series? The Truck Series and the Xfinity Series still do five lug. So why are you completely changing everything for the top division? Either make it across the board or don't. Now, that said, there's plenty of good things about this car. I'm glad that they got rid of the splitter. I love how durable they are. Uh, I didn't like the number placement at first, but now that I've gotten used to it, I think it's really cool. It's provided for much better and more competitive racing when they can race. My issue is it's causing them not to be able to race with these tire and single lug issues. I hope that NASCAR corrects it quickly, and I, I hope more than anything to see a good and fair playoffs where teams aren't losing their chance at a championship because of something that they cannot control. If you lose because you drove poorly or your team made mistakes, happens. But I don't want to see, you know, I don't mind an early summer Kansas race or spring Kansas race where this happens a bunch of times. But if when it matters more, uh, I as a fan will be upset to see it. I know teams and drivers will be upset to see it, and it's frankly just unacceptable. Let's move on to my next point that I'm sure will uh, get some people hot and bothered. My next point is about two people in two people specifically. Number four. So my fourth point. I want to start by congratulating Kyle and Samantha Bush on the addition to their family. They had a daughter this past week. Uh, I follow a lot of racing social media, and I, I have to make an official announcement to all of the Karens on there that no, nobody cares what type of surrogate was used. Okay? I'm so tired of people going on to, to comment every single comment on a post is they use this type of surrogate and it was blah 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 no nobody cares literally nobody cares 
Here's the facts. Samantha and Kyle Bush have a new kid that's their daughter, and that's great for them and their family, and congratulations to them. <coughs> that's it. That's the end of it. There's no more. Nothing more to talk about there. And yet, for some reason, on social media, it's still being talked about. About what kind or type or... <sighs> All right, now that I got off that off my chest. Oh, wait, one more thing. You have to understand, I hate Kyle Bush with a passion. I hate him more than I've ever hated any driver. Except for the fact that I can separate Kyle Bush, the race car driver, and Kyle Bush, the man, husband, and father. I think that gets lost, especially in this day of social media and podcasting. Speaking of social media, facebook.com forward slash the top five. All right, moving on. We'll, we'll leave the bushes alone to enjoy their new bundle of joy. I'm going to say something that's going to piss a lot of you off, and I really don't care. Bubba Wallace is a good driver. Not a great driver, but a good driver. Solid driver. Deserves to be in the Cup Series. He finished in top 10, I believe 10th, and immediately the social medias blew up ragging on, on Bubba Wallace. And every single uh, time I go to a race during driver intros, he gets booed. And I don't get it. I truthfully don't. Uh, when asked, and I typically try and stay out of the comment section because I'm, I'm a grown man. But when asked, I typically see answers of, he's shoved down our throats. That is the most cop-out BS answer to anything. Let, let me let you in on a little life hack. Whether you're talking about sports or politics or religion or literally anything. If somebody claims in 2022 that something is, quote, shoved down their throat you immediately know that you're talking to a moron nothing is shoved down your throat you're a grown-up you choose what to consume and what not to consume and broadcasts in any sport or any broadcast ever in the history of ever needs a narrative so yes the fact that he is the first african-american to win a race or the first African-American to compete at, at such a high level is a narrative that they're going to talk about. You can just not pay attention. If that for some reason bothers you, I don't know why that bothers you. Shouldn't, I mean, he's just a dude driving a race car. Now, if he was running into people and causing problems and being a crummy driver, I get it. We could all run our mouths about how crappy he is. Or if he was a really good driver that made bad moves because they're a jerk, <coughs> Kyle Bush, <coughs> excuse me, then we could also talk about it. Bubba goes out each week, competes, and races well. He races clean, and he's a fine driver. I have no issue with Bubba Wallace. So that's really all I have about those two people, but I felt it necessary to get off my chest. And if you disagree with me, and if you need to tell me how it's being shoved down your throat, jump on the socials and let's have a conversation about it.
But let's move on to my last point. Look forward to the next race. Number five. Next race is the all-star race at Texas Motor Speedway. And it's non-points paying. It's a a just-for-fun race. Uh, I'm excited about this race because I think it's fun to watch drivers compete when they don't have points on the line. They can race as hard as they want. Now, of course, there's a, a million dollar prize to the winner so that is a major incentive but it definitely changes the way that they'll race also the qualifying for this is uh is neat the they do a a lap so two cars will race each other on a lap and they will have to do a four tire pit stop but no speed limit on pit road so watching the cars fly down pit road, slam into their pit stall, get four tires and take off is is fun to watch. The the format for the race is always slightly confusing. I mean there's the open and then there's the actual race itself which has four stages. Uh stages 1, 2 and 3 are 25 laps and i think they flip the positions each stage uh but if you win a stage you are you are starting first second or third for the final stage which is a 50 lap shootout and um you get a million dollars for the winner so it is 125 lap total race in four stages with a whole bunch of things that they'll explain to me while I'm watching the race. Should be fun though. Uh, Like I said, I enjoy these type of races. I enjoyed the clash at the Coliseum. I'm not as stoked that it's at Texas. Texas doesn't provide the best racing. Sorry, Texas Motor Speedway fans, but it's just true. I would like to see, uh, I loved when they did it at Bristol during COVID. I would like to see that again. I know next year it's going to be at Atlanta. That would be awesome. And it will be fun to watch at Texas. I'm not complaining. But uh, I I do like the format of moving where the all-star race is each year. Having it in Charlotte was stale. And having it in different locations is fun. So those are my thoughts for this week's race at Kansas and beyond. I really appreciate you taking a moment to listen. If you haven't already, please join me on patreon.com forward slash the top five. Please like our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the top five, all spelled out. And share me your thoughts. Let me know what you think. Disagree with me. Let's have a conversation about NASCAR. It's my favorite thing to talk about, and that's why I'm doing this podcast. So thanks so much for listening. This has been the Top 5, and I'm Connor.